Hey everybody, Bryce Kuhn here as we get ready for another episode. This is a recap as Georgia Tech wins back-to-back games. Yes, you heard it here first. Back-to-back games for the first time since November of 2018. Uh, The first time that's happened in quite a while, uh, ever since Paul Johnson was the head coach. We're talking about the Duke game, kind of the mentality of this team, what we saw, what we need to see better, all that and more on today's episode of Swarm Talk, presented by the Crowd of Booth. Booth with Bryce Coon. Well, everyone, we're so excited that you decided to join us today. Fantastic Sunday as we recap what was, um, you know, just a win. And, and at this point, a win is a win for this team. And I think it's safe to say that. The first time, like we said in the opening, the first time we've had two back-to-back wins out of this program since November of 2018. I think they beat Virginia 30-27 to uh, to cap off that little two-game win streak. But I think it's we, we just need to say, look, it's a good win. Now, we're going to talk about a couple things today, but this is a good win, a quality win for Georgia Tech. And they move forward. They're three and three, six games left. Can you find a way to find three more? The Virginia schools are not very, very good. Miami, who knows what they're going to be. Georgia Tech has played them fairly well over the past couple of years. Find a way to get to six and six. That would be very, very intriguing whatsoever. So let's talk about this because Georgia Tech showed, uh, I think the best word is maybe some, some guts in this game, some moxie in front of the home crowd, which – uh, was quite impressive uh, and the noise that they made in overtime against a quality opponent. And if you watched the preview we did on Friday, we talked about how Duke was not a team that did anything like extraordinarily amazing. They just were solid, just a solid team. They'll probably be a bowl team as well. I mean, they're just a good football team. And Georgia Tech, we talked about what they had to do, and, and I feel like they did some of those things. But they, the biggest thing is – just the mentality of this team. And I think we need to start with what Brent Key said in his post-game press conference. If you hadn't checked that out, you need to go over to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets uh, YouTube page. He said, we had to go from trying not to lose to expecting to win. And I think in the span of a week and a half, two weeks, the idea that this team, this locker room, has come to terms with that, accepted it, and striving for it, uh, speaks a lot, in my opinion, about what they've been able to do. Uh, you know, Jeff Sims is obviously one of the biggest guys. Jeff Sims was 23 of, thir- of 34, 227, and two touchdowns. Georgia Tech didn't turn the ball over. Um, offense had 412 yards of total offense. Nate McCollum with a big day went over the century mark. Uh, eight catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, Sims also added 17 carries for 95 yards. They designed run plays for him. But as we kind of start this off and we'll get into the game, Reporters, media members, they're going to try to tell you and, and tell you to get clicks to say, this is, this is what changed. This is what happened. And the truth of the matter is, is nobody knows. Uh, yeah, you can say Jeff Collins is not there anymore, and that's obviously true. But something has happened in that locker room that has unlocked a different level of what we've seen out of Georgia Tech. Um, one, they look like a normal football team now. And what I mean when I say that is they look like they're capable of doing things, which is not something that we could say over the first four games of the season. 
they have a, a moxie about themselves that they're carrying themselves in a different way. Jeff Sims, for the first time in his career, uh, was lowering the shoulder and running through people. Uh, we haven't seen that. Uh, defensively, Ace Ely, uh, fantastic player. Nine tackles. He had half a sack, half a tackle for loss, two quarterback hurries. The defense, the secondary, LaMiles Brooks with one of the best plays out of the secondary all season uh, to kind of keep the game under wraps. So something has happened in this locker room, and like I said, media members are going to try to tell you how and, and why and what happened and diagnose, but the truth is it's behind closed doors. Practices are closed right now. Um, you know, the only media availability is the 10, 15 minutes you get with Brent Key and two, three players during the week. It's just extraordinary to me to see this team compete that the way they have. It tells you that they had talent there all along, and it really, really points to, you know, the guy that was fired two weeks ago. It really just points to the fact that that might have been the biggest thing holding this team back. Uh, now, look, there's still a lot that they need to work on. They suffered a couple of injuries along the offensive line, which is concerning going forward. But just the way they play, uh, the way that they play is just way different. Um, the way they've rallied around each other, the way they've rallied around Brent Key as a head interim head coach. Um, you know, Ralph's sitting in the background, and he and I have talked about this, and, you know, I'm going to do a show on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday about this. But it almost seems like that this team – I don't want to say that was, you know, kind of just had a different mentality under Jeff Collins, but I think they kind of did. It's They feel more free. I mean, um, K.J. Wallace, transferred from Notre Dame, spoke with the media last night, and he said, we just were having fun. We're, and Clayton Powell Lee said you know, the same thing, true freshman safety that stepped up in the absence of Jalen King. We're having fun, and we're just playing the game we love. And you never heard that. I don't know if Jeff Collins didn't make football fun for these kids, uh, it definitely wasn't fun losing the way that they did constantly. Uh, I don't remember what the stat was, like 183 to 16. They were getting, you know, outscored by Power 5 opponents outside the Western Carolina game over their last five games. But you come in, you beat a pit team on the road. Uh, that's not a place, you know, an easy place to play. Um, you also kind of caught a break with uh, their running back. I'm just going to call him Izzy, who just went off yesterday. Uh, he got banged up in that game. You beat Duke at home, which Duke looked like one of the nice feel-good stories of the early parts of the college football season. And you've set yourself up. You're 2-0 under an interim coach. And like I said in Friday's show, I don't think you can judge this team anymore based off the first four games of the season. This is a Brent Key-led team. It's a whole different identity. Uh, Chip Long is finding creative ways to move the ball down the field. Look, they can be more explosive. You got to see Leo Blackburn finally make his debut, and he made a you know circus type of catch in the end zone. He's going to unlock more. Um, E.J. Jenkins, and it's going to open up more opportunities for him. Hassan Hall is obviously your lead back and has explosive type of play, uh, you know, playmaking. If the offensive line can improve as the season goes on, uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the season to watch. Uh, and I think, too, you get a bye week at the perfect time because the last two weeks have been hectic uh, just from installing new things. You kind of just get to take a step back and breathe a second if you're Georgia Tech, and specifically Brent Key and the staff, and say, okay, we can catch our breath before a Thursday night game against Virginia. I'll be in attendance. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, I think, to, to watch that game. So that's kind of what we're going to get out of the way. That, that's kind of just the mentality. I think that a lot of people, like I said, are going to try to tell you and point things, well, this is what's happening, this is what's happening. I think it's just the players in the locker room. Uh, something has changed with this team, and they look better, they, they seem better, they're playing faster, playing more confident, and uh, dare I say, Clayton Powell Lee said it, and so did K.J. Wallace. 
they're just playing like they love playing football and getting back to the kind of the basics. And, and I think that's huge for where Georgia Tech was three weeks ago to now be in a spot where, hey, um, you know, you're not maybe the laughing stock that people are going to kind of thought you were. Still a long way to go, but you're showing competence, competence and you're showing com- competitive nature. So let's get into this game because Duke, like I said, is a quality opponent. No, I mean, if Georgia Tech loses this game, um, you know, if they would have lost it in overtime, that's heartbreaking for them to, to blow that lead. But Duke's a quality opponent. And I think I was just impressed with the, with the play of Jeff Sims and the fact of it, you see glimpses of what he can do. And it, it is all about just putting it together. And a lot of that has got to do with, you know, an offensive line. Jordan Williams uh, a guy who has, you know, been an all-ACC honorable mention, all-ACC second-team uh, type of player for Georgia Tech, their left tackle. He goes down with an injury. But Ja'Kai Leftwich steps up, uh, huge, to, to, to be able to do that. And I think they've come a long way from the depth in the offensive line where you feel it's – and Drinky said this, it's not going to doom you to have to put in reserves. So Jeff Sims has a great game. Uh, Leo Blackburn is going to be a matchup nightmare for people, very talented kid. Uh, that I'm glad that we got to see him in action because that's the kind of player that if he would have continued to have to sit out due to his injury that he had uh, towards ACL last spring and then uh, kind of had a thumb injury right into fall camp that kept him out the first couple of weeks of the season. If he would have uh, continued to sit out, that's the kind of kid that's going to get real hard looks at the portal and still might do that from a couple of other programs. But what Georgia Tech showed was moxie. They showed a competitive fire. And I, and I just go back to a couple of different plays. LaMiles Brooks's play from safety position to come away and, and, and bat the ball away. You're just, you're just not – you just it's crazy to see these kids flying around. The, the defense is, is unreal. And it kind of goes into another area where I don't want to keep harping on what has transpired over the past three years. But it begs the question of, you know, a lot of people, and, and, and myself included, have called into question Andrew Thacker's role as defensive coordinator. Um, I know Ralph's sitting behind the scenes, and when I think Andrew Thacker, I think when Ralph and I watched the North Carolina game, and Thacker was fired up on the sideline. Uh, you know, he's an energetic guy, but this defense has looked legitimately lights out over the past couple of weeks. And it just really begs the question of where was this under Jeff Collins? Was that another thing that they were being hindered by? And I don't know, I can't answer that. But I think it's fair to pose the question uh, to you know fans and, and to say it must be because the defense has played unreal. Charlie Thomas, a great player. Keon White, I mean, these guys are fired up. Kyle Kennard, Noah Collins. I mean, these guys have become uh, Daquan Dows. I mean, they've all become big contributors on the front seven. And they continue to just do work. And Ace Ely, you know, had a, a decent year last year, but this year – a uh, kid came back, used his COVID year, and he's playing out of his mind. I mean, just having a fantastic year. He's going to rank near the top of the conference in tackles this year. Um, I think he's leading tackler right now for Georgia Tech as well. So a lot of these things that we're seeing are positive trends that you take away. And then I think we need to harp on another thing is the kicking game. Look, Gavin Stewart, It's I don't, I don't know how you can miss two field goals your freshman year and not play for two seasons. Like, I don't get that. But the fact that he's made his first five field goals and been some big ones, I mean, obviously every single field goal he made up at Pitt counted and they needed it. And then obviously to make that field goal, which is not easy in overtime, um, and then, you know, we saw Duke couldn't make theirs. It just speaks volumes, I think, about the trust that Brent Key has in saying, go do your job. And I think when you instill that confidence in a player, I think we see it with Jeff Sims, Gavin Stewart, 
Uh, maybe Ace Ely feels the same way. It empowers guys who are already supposed to be leaders to take more of a forefront type of role. And I've just been very, very impressed with how Georgia Tech has just weathered all of this, and it's been impressive. And in this game especially, look, they go up. Uh, defense is dominating. The offense, you know, down the stretch couldn't quite get a couple plays that they needed to. And Duke, give credit Duke, Duke went right back down the field and tied the game up and sent it to overtime. You know, Jeff Sims leaves the game in overtime with an injury. Uh, we're just told it's a, a you know had a badly bruised th- thigh. He would have come back in the game if they would have gone to a second overtime. Zach Gibson comes in, keeps him uh, in field goal position for Stewart to be able to knock down that field goal. So when you look at this game, it, it's a microcosm of what this season could be. Is Georgia Tech? I still don't think that they're going to be you know favored in a lot of games going down the stretch, uh, and they probably shouldn't be. There's, they still have a t- long way to go in what they're trying to do as a program. But they've gotten back-to-back kind of ugly wins. And for a fan base that hasn't seen back-to-back wins in four or five years and hasn't seen a lot of wins at all in the past five, three to five years, you get them any way you can. And if this team what, – what speaks volumes to me is this team under Brent Key, they are really embodying who he is. Uh, you know, they go out there against a Duke team that, like we said, solid, like defensively solid. Leonard's a solid quarterback, and he barely did anything. Uh, against, uh, I don't remember the stats on his final line of the stats, but, you know, Duke couldn't do a lot. And I think it speaks volumes to the way the defense is prepared. And, you know, Coach Key talked about that in his postgame press conference. said, look, it's being prepared. If you're prepared, that gives the kids a better sense of confidence to what to do. And so it begs the question once again, did the coaching staff, did Jeff Collins not prepare them adequately? I mean, I've been harping on this show. When you know, and and Georgia Tech show and Ralph and I've talked about it, when you know your job, when you know how to do it, it gives you 10 times more confidence to take it into the game. And so I don't know if it's been simplified. I I can't tell you. And I'm truly saying nobody can tell you that's not inside that locker room. But something has clicked. Something has turned. It's been very impressive. Uh, Jeff Sims battled. Uh, you know, this is not a game that he will, you know, maybe put on his potential NFL tape one day to, to try to go get drafted or, or get a shot in the NFL. But he's just finding ways to win. And that's just something that we haven't seen. Go back to the UCF game when he pulls up just short of the uh, down mark on a critical fourth down. He did it again on a critical third down. In this game on first down, he takes a, you know, a zone read and he runs over Duke's safety on first down with 13 minutes left in the first quarter. You're seeing, I think, the confidence that Brent Key instills in these guys, it elevates them. And it gives them the juice, whatever you want to call it, to play better, to play with more confidence and to lead. And I've just been impressed with that all the way around. This game in particular, obviously, Duke, uh, you know, came back. The adversity that Georgia Tech has faced over the past two weeks, I'll tell you one thing, under the previous head coach, they don't win these two games. There's not a chance that they win these two games. It's uh, players have taken it upon themselves. Uh, we heard from K.J. Wallace, Clayton Powell, Lee. They've taken it upon themselves to make a difference. And, and I'm, I just think that it's important because Brent Key has kind of let the players lead this change. They get a big-time break this week. They uh, play a Thursday night game, which should be packed out at Bobby Dodd, um, you know, against a Virginia team that's probably worse than Georgia Tech. That probably wouldn't surprise me to see Georgia Tech favored in that game. But I just – I love the way this team is playing – I think that at this point, though, any any site that you look at, any podcast you listen to about Georgia Tech, I don't know if anybody can put their finger specifically on what's changed. It's just it's just different. 
And sometimes you just need that. Now, we're going to talk about what's the longevity of Brent Key at Georgia Tech later on in the week. But really impressed with this win. I think Georgia Tech did a lot of good things. If the offensive line can play better down the stretch, maybe this team can get to six wins. Um, you know, who, who knows? Uh, when you look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, obviously Georgia's going to be, you know, a, a daunting task to go up there and play them. Uh, as for just about anybody in the country. Uh, Florida State, you know, Ralph and I were texting back and forth and talking with some people today about it. They're not a bad football team. They lost on, you know, just an interesting play call, you know, to, to end the game last week um, or end the game last night. Could have kicked a field goal and instead threw an interception. So it's just one of those things. That's a quality opponent. you got to go down to Tallahassee. Uh, that place is kind of Florida State, you know, feels like they're back. Their fan base does as well. So, you know, but for Georgia Tech, when you look at the rest of the schedule, you get the two Virginia schools more than capable of winning those football games. It'll be hard to beat Virginia Tech on the road. Blacksburg's a tough place. But if that game, if that game is a day game, it changes things a little bit for you. Uh, you know, Miami, who is Miami? Uh, we, we have no clue who they are. Georgia Tech always plays them close. And then going with North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina's defense is very, very good, but Drake May might be the best quarterback talent-wise in the ACC. The kid is really, really talented, so we'll kind of see what he does going forward. But this was a big game. You had to have it, and I think this team needs to be judged on what they are now, not what they were, and that's what the players would probably want as well. Impressed with all you know aspects of the game. Special teams, uh, you know, obviously you, that's something we're going to continue to work on. Brent Keese talked about that. You give up the punt return, you really look at it. Georgia Tech really only gave up one touchdown defensively. And it just speaks volumes, and that was in a two-minute offense. Teams don't normally run, outside of a team like Tennessee, a two-minute style offense down the field for the entire game. So you give Duke credit for what they were able to do. But this Georgia Tech program feels like, you know, that they are they're turning things around. They're turning the tide around for them and kind of uh, the moniker, the, the brand that has been placed on them by national media. And it's uh, that it's a laughing stock. It's one of the worst programs. I said it three weeks ago that this program, and I stand by it, under the leadership they were under, was one of the worst in the country, if not the worst Power 5 program in the country. They've since then told all of us to shut up and said, hey, we don't, we're, we're not going to carry that identity through this change. And credit to them. They're, it's a well-deserved bye week. Everyone can take a deep breath. They can turn around and say, this feels good. Let's go get a win next week or next Thursday against Virginia. And the last thing we'll point out is K.J. Wallace said this, you have to win the week. And we talk about this so much in college football. You can't look ahead. And, you know, Ralph and I are going to be talking uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, kind of a week six recap. And we're going to be pointing out that, you know, it's really, in my opinion, it's huge for a team to, to not be able – not to have to look ahead um, and, and be able to win that week. And K.J. Wallace took that, and I think it helps when you have wins. But he said in his post in his, in his presser uh, post game last night, he talked about it. I mean, this is a Georgia Tech team that – look, it's cool to beat Duke, but as soon as today and the calendar flips to the next week, you have to focus on that opponent. You can't get so worried about Miami, Florida State – and that's the thing for fans, and that's what makes all this fun, the talk show aspect. We get to look ahead, but the players aren't doing that. They're taking it week by week. They're not worried about Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Georgia, Virginia Tech. They're saying, we need to go beat Virginia. Now it's time to go you know, play at home, uh, get a great, raucous crowd like it was, uh, obviously, on Saturday night in Bobby Dodd, which is probably the most inspired I've seen that stadium in a long time. Uh, but really impressed with how this team played. I think that there's a lot to like about this Duke game. Uh, and there's some things, obviously, that you want to clean up. I mean, look, to not turn the ball over, uh, and you had five penalties all game, 
up until the final drive, that's huge. Now, look, on that last drive, you allowed three penalties, or you, you were penalized three times as a defensive unit, uh, as Duke's trying to go down the field and tie the game. You can obviously clean that up, and Brent Key talked about that. Offensive line-wise, if they can be more consistent, uh, the run game is going to be developing more. Jeff Sims will have more time. But we're starting to see what this team can be. And you're starting to see when you execute, when you do things, when you attack, when you don't wait, you, you see what you're, you can do, you're capable of. And, and I've been really impressed with that. And, and that was one of the first things that Brent Key talked about. He said, look, we got to teach these kids, don't wait for it to happen. You go make it happen. And I think it speaks volumes about how this team has responded. They've done it very, very well. And we'll see what happens goes from here. Impressed with this game. Uh, you get a win. Anytime you get a win, it feels good, but especially over a coastal division rival. And look, fans are going to talk about this. Hey, we're only a half game out. We control our own destiny. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Because, look, it's been a long time since Georgia Tech fans have, have been able to have fun and look halfway through a season and say, hey, we've, uh, we, we control our own destiny. We win the rest of our uh, you know, games here in the, in the Coastal, and we got a shot to go to Charlotte. And then at that point, all bets are off. Who knows what could happen? So, look, it's a fun win, back-to-back wins for the first time since November of 2018. Excited to see what Georgia Tech can do in a week and a half. They get a well-rested uh, bye week, and then they get to play Virginia at home. Hey, we're going to be talking more in the week kind of about Brent Key. We won't have, obviously, a preview this week. We're going to schedule that out as well, but I let, want to let you know a couple things. Make sure to join the Georgia Tech Discord, fun group of people that are talking Georgia Tech football nonstop. We've got a channel for each, every single thing. And if you're a Georgia Tech fan listening to this in podcast form, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening in on the radio throughout East Alabama and West Georgia. And finally, last but certainly not least, check us out at thecrowdedbooth.com. And then also make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, because we got some great stuff coming. Yes, Ralph and I are going to be planning our live show very, very soon. He just looked up. He was like, oh, gosh, when is this happening? It's going to happen. But listen, really appreciate everyone tuning in. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Make sure to check us out also the 24-7 sports fleet, gojackets.com. Come. So long. We will see you next time. My name is Bryce Kuhn. It's been a ton of fun. That is all we have for today. Georgia Tech, big winners over Duke. A big win for this program where they're going to go. They're 3-3. Three and three. They just need three more to go bowling. We'll see when they can do it. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The crowded booth is coming on. Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.